You are listening to The Pulse, Rod Murray's e-learning tech podcast. Number 195, Thomas Waite and Steve Mildner of K16 Solutions. Hi, this is Rod Murray. Welcome back to my podcast. That was a teaser from A Passage of Life by Kataro. He's one of my favorite New Age music composers. I hope you enjoy it, so stay tuned for the full piece at the end of my podcast. Today's podcast episode is sponsored by D2L. You may know their main product, the Brightspace Learning Management System. I, of course, would only accept sponsorship from companies and products that I'm very fond of, so please check out their website at d2l.com slash pulsepodcast to learn more. I also invite you to follow me on Twitter. My handle is Rods Pods. As always, I post links to the things we talk about on my show notes website at www.rodspulsepodcast.com. This episode is all about how to get help in migrating your LMS. I have the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Thomas Waite, the CEO of K16 Solutions, and his chief Revenue Officer Steve Milder, K16 Scaffold Designer, is the industry's first cloud-hosted, fully integrated LMS migration and course development tool that automates manual processes and improves efficiency. Quote, migrate course content, archive student data, build better courses. LMS solutions for educators by educators, end quote. So we discuss their backgrounds, their mission, which, as I've mentioned, is to build a better course design tool, and how to migrate your LMS and archive the content. They partner with Blackboard, Canvas, D2L, and OpenLMS. Their migration product reduces the cost of migration between the LMSs. You can even do global text replacements during the migration. And migration duration is shortened from sometimes months to as little as hours. And there's no need to run both LMSs during the migration. Best of all, historical data from your legacy LMS is archived on the K16 platform for easy retrieval if you need it. They also talk about scaffold solutions for efficient course design. So if you've ever migrated from one LMS to another, you know how painful that can be. I have been involved with five or six migrations over the course of my professional life in academia. So I could certainly use a product like K16 Solutions. I haven't had direct experience with it, but it sounds wonderful, sounds very cost-effective, and something that you really need to consider if you're moving from one LMS to another, or even within Blackboard, moving from Blackboard version 9 to um, Ultra, Blackboard Ultra, for example. So without further ado, here's my interview with Thomas and Steve. Tom and Steve, thank you so much for joining me today, and I'm anxious to learn what's what's new with uh, with K16 Solutions. Before we get into the nitty gritty of what you're doing, why don't you each of you give us a, a just a brief introduction for yourself and and how you became involved with uh, K16? Wonderful, Steve. I'll just jump right in. Go ahead. All right. So Thomas Waite here with you, back with Rod and your excellent podcast. So good to good to have you back post pandemic. Rod, and dig into what is good for the Academy. So Thomas Waite, President, CEO of K16 Solutions, founder, along with co-founders Mary Nesbitt and Jordan Scheid, who are not with us today, but they're 
they're keeping the shop rolling while I am here with you and Steve. So thanks for having us. Um, academic background goes back uh, 20 years now, filling a bunch of seats from chief academic officer um, to faculty member and student and all things in between. So covered a lot of covered a lot of ground like you have, Rod, in the academy. But it's a pleasure to be with you. And uh, Steve. Yeah, no, happy to have a, a very, I would say, unique journey to uh, to K-16 solutions. So I actually got involved um, during the seed round as an investor. I uh, wrote the, uh, the second check in the company after uh, who is now our uh, chairman of our board uh, had introduced me to that. And I was uh, just really intrigued and, um, you know, sat on the early advisory committee and, and just tracked really, really well with Thomas and, and the rest of the team and um, and really, quite frankly, just fell in love with the culture that uh, that they were building and, and the mission uh, to serve higher education just felt like, uh, or education in general, really just felt like something for me that um, that was a journey I just couldn't pass up. So um, after getting to know the team and, and tracking closely and you know, realizing that uh, you know, I, I had a, a skill set, I guess the one skill set that, uh, that was lacking at the time, I joined the team about two years ago and probably the that probably without question that the the best most impact, impactful um, professional decision I've ever made. No question. Rod, I'll add to that. And thank you, Steve. That it is unique. <laughs> Steve does have a unique background as he kind of joins up an education technology company. Not a unique background to ed tech company, but to joining in with the academy, so to speak. Rod, in that Steve was the second check writer, um, but modestly so and rightly so, he left behind a an amazingly successful career and position to jump in and make this his own company, make this his own startup journey. And um, always believing in the student and staff first, so it was a natural fit. But what a what a testimony to uh, have an investor jump in full-time to a company. It's rare at this stage. Great. Well, thanks for the, uh, the, the background. You know, for my audience, unless they're a really a faithful listener, and maybe they didn't hear our first uh, interview uh, two years ago now, can you first give just a very, very high-level uh, overview of what your mission is, and then we can dive a little deeper into some of the um, capabilities? Is it correct to say that you, you are basically serving institutions, higher, mostly higher ed, that that are building courses or may be moving from one LMS to another? Very well said. And and thanks for the question. You are right. And by the way, I, I can't believe it's actually been two years. So our, you know, the mission is to change the way the world learns through elegant education technology. So fine. What does that mean? Well, to me, it means putting the student and staff first. And as we've discussed before, Rod, this isn't this isn't a K-16 commercial or about K-16, but maybe just a good story, uh, a good technology company that's serving the academy. So yes, when we spoke last, it was higher ed. It's actually now K-16. It's actually international. K-12, sorry. It's actually K-12 and international since last we spoke. And yes, course design and LMS migration, which is unprecedented. It had never existed before outside of white glove or common cartridge, heavily manual processes. And we also have um, archiving, uh, a new solution that can that Steve can talk about too that's been critical for some colleges lately also. My focus is mainly higher ed. So 
are most of your customers coming to you because they want because they are they are migrating or do they come to you because they want a better tool to build courses so it's a, it's a great question Ronnie. i think i mean it's it's simply put it's both now the the clients that are coming to us it, when they want to migrate a course are typically coming via one of our channel partnerships so I think one of the ways that you can, um, I think, identify sort of the the commercial impact, anyway, of you know a new technology solution in in the uh, ed tech space is, you know, how quickly are you getting adoption? And for us, um, that uh, that adoption has been extremely rapid uh, via our partnership. So, uh, Canvas Instructor is a partner, uh, Open LMS is a partner, Blackboard is a partner, and um, D2L Brightspace is a partner. So really, any institution that is moving onto any of those four platforms, which is really the only four at this point, um, you know, most institutions would, would consider moving to anyway, we have a channel relationship with those those uh, those organizations to come in and uh, and help those institutions migrate onto the platform. So for us, yeah, we we really don't um, we really don't care where an institution is going. Uh, we just want to help them get them. You know, I think any institution has has been in, in, I think, situations in the past where you're leaving or you want to leave your legacy LMS. And uh, one of the considerations that you would have to take into account is, is it worth it? Is, is the pain and, you know, the, the time period, the expense, you know, um, all the uh, all, all the QA and interaction from faculty, is that truly worth making that move. And, and that's really what we've solved. They've eliminated that pain point. And all four of the major LMS providers have recognized that and, and have jumped on board to to, uh, to help us uh, effectively get people onto their platform. On the course design side, yeah, totally different use case, right? That's um, But at the same time, uh, oftentimes adopted at the same time, right? When you're making a move onto a new LMS, it's a great time to start thinking about recreating or updating some of your course contents. And, and we've got a solution for that as well. And then lastly is the archive piece. And, and that's the, the last piece that I think a lot of institutions don't necessarily think about until, you know, they might be knee deep in the migration. The fact that you need to, you need to really maintain or, 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 you know, keep a lot of historical student data just based on, you know, different regulatory bodies or, or whatever your own internal policies are. And really our solutions allow for all of that. So the way we sort of look at, you know, our mission and, and what we do is when it's time to move from one LMS to another, we can get you there as efficiently and quickly and cost effectively as humanly possible. We can get you uh, off of your old legacy LMS completely by archiving at a fraction of the cost of what that typically costs. And we can provide you a tool to uh, to start thinking about uplifting your your course content and creating just world-class course content for uh, for your students. So it's really all three. Well, I'll tell you, I wish I had your product at my institution. I've lived through and directed migrations when I, when I first, um, well, I, I have a long history with Blackboard, my previous institution. I helped to bring them in in the 90s. And then when I first came to uh, University of the Sciences, they were on basic Blackboard and they had just moved to Angel. And then, of course, Angel was purchased by Blackboard. So that was a migration. And then uh, we went through two iterations of uh, contracts, and um, the last two, we, we looked at other vendors, um, and we stayed with Blackboard Ultra, but that was sort of a migration. I mean, that was so different. 
And then, um, gosh, uh, almost three years ago, maybe two and a half years ago, we went with uh, D2L Brightspace. So, and then now, uh, it's no secret, our institution, University of the Sciences, is merging, and I'm sure you're seeing more of this kind of activity, we're merging with St. Joseph's University in Philadelphia, which is a bigger institution. So, they are on Canvas, and of course, we are in D2L. So, um, we may become a customer. I don't know if that's <laughs> yeah. going to be feasible, but I can see this is uh, something that's sorely needed. I, it was a very, we've been through a lot of painful transitions. And um, I have something else to ask you, but I'll just let you reflect on that first. And, and then I have another question about some of your capabilities. I'd, I'd love to reflect on that and then kick to Thomas if he has anything. But there was there was a lot there, Rodney, and it's so. I mean, first of all, from an M and A perspective, you're seeing a lot of that, right? You're seeing a lot of uh, a lot of institutions uh, merging or being acquired, and, and this is a perfect use case for that to consolidate, you know, onto the LMS of uh, you know the the institution's choice once they decide what that is. But one thing you brought up that was interesting is is the migration to Ultra with Blackboard. That's one of our premier partnerships where we have a, um, a deal in place to really help Blackboard clients that are on whatever version of Blackboard they're on move to Ultra, because that is just as complex as, as anything else. And, and um, you know, helping those institutions make that move seamlessly is really critical. But one of the things, too, that I think is just really important to point out as you go through these migrations, and I'm sure you know this um, you know, probably better than anybody, Rodney, sound like how much of this stuff you've been through, it's not just about getting the content from the old one over to the new one. That's that's just one small piece of a migration. What our tool can do, and really what I think makes this so much more unique than just moving content, is our ability to go in, we'll go into that legacy platform, we'll pull every piece of that content out, whether that's a third-party LTI, doesn't matter, everything we can go grab, and then we'll push a sample set into the new LMS and go through an iterative process with that client to make sure the way their content is exposed in the new LMS is exactly the way they want. So you really get an uplift with it as well, right? If your old LMS had journals and your new one doesn't, well, we can create a module for you. Or you know, if your old LMS has a lot of references to the old LMS name, we can change that to the new LMS's name. We can change phone numbers. We can do really anything you want in an automated fashion to uplift that content as it comes across as well. So Really, when we say a migration, it's not just a migration, it's ready to teach with truly polished and uplifted content by the time it, it, um, it comes to fruition. So uh, again, sounds like something, Rodney, you've got a lot of experience with. So uh, hopefully we can, uh, we can help solve that problem for you, uh, you know, one of your institutions down the road. Do you have a, um, an idea in terms of how much labor is saved by using your product because uh, it's it's probably pretty hard to to quantify, but maybe you have some um, it's, it's not. tips yeah. on. No, we we have quantified it, Rodney, and and we actually have a migration calculator that we created to help institutions really see that for what it is, right? Because it's if you're going to move one course, probably on average, and Thomas will jump in after this because his, his his opinion is probably a higher number than this, but we always try and be overly conservative. And we've tested this with multiple LMSs with really, um, you know, well-qualified instructional designers, you know, who, if you're going to move a course manually, is, is probably the best group to do it. And the average time period is probably between eight and 10 hours to do it right, right? Because it's it's all copy and paste. 
you've got to do some QA. You've really got to make sure that everything came over properly. It's landed properly. There's no mistakes that all the references to the old LMS are in the new one. So, you know, eight to 10 hours or so. And when you quantify that across the board, schools are typically moving two to three years of, of, of courses, right? They, they need to at the very least move their active courses, right? And usually it's two to three years. And you look at that. I mean, we're moving a school right now. We can't say who, but they're north of 40,000 courses. So you, wow. you, you do the math on that, and um, and the time period that that takes is astronomical. We had another client who um, we asked them, um, you know, early on in this process, we said, hey, if, if if we hadn't come along, what was the time period that you were going to take to get this project done? And the response was, we had a five to seven year project plan with a whole host of full time people. This is something that we can do in a matter of weeks. So it really does change the game. And it really is a highly labor intensive process if uh, if you don't utilize something like that or not something like this. I guess I guess this. But Thomas, I don't want to. You're you're <laughs> you, you've done this right more so than I have from a manual perspective. So you've you've probably got a more robust answer on that. Yeah, I love I love listening to the dialogue and Rodney. I was I was laughing or smiling. I should say because of uh, your background in all this and and you and I have both lived through many moves. I did four myself manually. Um, we chose to use, you know, common cartridge and white glove back in the day at previous institution. And but what that means then is I was one of the leads on a project then to just go course by course, week by week, item by item. That because that's what you do. I, I, I'm not offending anyone in the audience by saying common cartridge or white glove is, you know, kind of in the train wreck, train wreck territory in comparison to where we are now with this new technology. Um, let me, the best thing I can do is highlight one example on top of uh, your dialogue with Steve, which is wonderful, by the way, is a uh, major university, one of the largest, very deep pockets. Um, Technology-wise, staff-wise, everything is up there with, you know, even some of the Ivies uh, and how they operate. 19 months to go from one LMS to the other, 19 months with frustration with faculty frustration, with some consternation behind the scenes, because, hey, here's your course. And the faculty member, of course, is looking at their course going, you know, this is wrong. This word's wrong. This discussion thread's wrong. This this report's wrong. As we all know, right, Rodney, we've, we've seen it and lived it many times. And we were too early to help them. But if we would run across such an institution now, and again, this is sharing. This this is not a, it's not a commercial. It's not a K-16 advertisement. This is just someone who sat in a chair as you have, Rodney, and is now sharing that, we would now, at this point, be able to move this school in about six days with utter fidelity. You could be teaching in one LMS in the morning, teaching the other LMS that afternoon. So it's it's staggering. It's unprecedented technology, and uh, it's amazing to watch people's reaction. And actually, I'll, I'll pile on there. Rodney and Stephen, our, our biggest problem has been disbelief frankly, until until they do see it. And of course, now all our all our partners have seen it, of course, in action. Well, it's it's truly amazing, which I'm sure of what you say is true. And, uh, you know, in, in a situation where two schools are merging, it's especially uh, uh, onerous because, you know, for example, we're, you know, by July 2022, there's supposed to be a cutover, at least in terms of, you know, the, the branding and and uh, all the policies and so forth. But what do they do? If they do they run our course, some of our courses, um, 
you know, on our platform and then gradually move them over? I mean, but we know it's not going to happen between now and next July. It's going to take the old way using, you know, we only have a couple of instructional designers and they've got their hands full as is. So I can imagine this, uh, what, we don't have to get into it, but whatever you charge is probably well worth it. <laughs> well, Rodney, I, I got to tell you too. There's, there's, you're right. I mean, it's it's going to be no matter no matter how you cut it, it's less than the labor, right? I mean, our, our cost is always going to be significantly less when you factor in what the labor would be. But there's all these other soft costs that you have to think about. The fact that these institutions for years have been running multiple LMSs during the entire transition. So it's not just the labor of, of the move, whether you hired, you know, a, an army of student workers or you outsourced it, uh, white gloved it, whatever. You, you're also still running both licenses for two LMSs simultaneously side by side. So you're essentially double paying. And to be able to look at a solution like this and say, all right, let's uh, let's go through this iterative process. Let's take a couple of weeks and figure out exactly what we want our courses to look like. And then let's just push the button and be done with it. And then let's go in and take all that historical student data from our old LMS, that legacy system. Let's move that onto the K-16 platform, integrate that with our new LMS. So if you ever need to push more courses, you can. If you need to access it live, you can. And just shut down that legacy system. You know, typically you're moving off of the legacy system for a reason. We're totally agnostic. We don't, we don't, we're not in the business of telling institutions what system they should use. We're just in the business of telling them they only need to use one. And uh, and 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 that's it, right? There's just no need to continue to write archiving checks or leave licenses live while you migrate. Like all those soft costs that you don't think about can go away instantly if you do this with the uh, the speed and uh, and fidelity that that we can do it. Excellent. Yes, I. I yes, uh, that is certainly a, a big positive. Uh, uh, one thing that occurs to me that. Uh, we ran across when we moved from Blackboard to D2L. Uh, you, you referenced in your opening remarks about legal issues. You know, we've had students in the past that maybe tried to uh, sue the university or they complained that they, they weren't graded fairly. And we have to dig back into our archive. It's uh, uh, faculty have to make sure that they have copies of the students' uh, work and all the intermediate uh, Grades are being stored in the LMS. Now, D2L doesn't import all of that student specific, student archive data, and we've we've actually had instances where we've had to. And now now that we then don't have a license to Blackboard, what do you do? Well, we've had at least in one case I can recall, we've had to dig into the back end. Uh, we've kept archives, but they're all you know uh, uh, in. in Basically, not a not a uh, application readable form. We have to dig back into the mm-hmm. database back end to try to tease out, you know, a particular student at a particular time, what his grade his or her grade was, or or what uh, assignment they they input uh, and so on. So, um, I imagine this would. Uh, you mentioned archiving. How does that work, and does that solve that uh, that problem? Rodney, that is a perfect use case for the problem for the problem it solves. Um, but it's and the difference there is three clicks and you're there. I mean, it'd take you five seconds to find whatever you need to find. So let's say let's say you've been building online courses for you know 15 years, you know, and you've been on this this legacy system forever, um, you know, and you decide, uh, hey, it's time 
it's time to make an uplift. It's time to go to, you know, Canvas or Ultra or D2L or OpenLMS, whatever. None of these, none of these LMSs are built to house historical student data. Not, that's not what they're there for, right? So typically what you have to do then is say, all right, I'm going to move everything on, you know, all the active courses onto the new LMS because the, the LMS is designed to, to be a mechanism to deliver education, to deliver content. Then I got to leave this old LMS live, right? Albeit probably a little bit less than what I was paying, but I need to pay a, a, a fee to, to leave that license live so I can at least go in and access all that data. What we do is we go into the legacy system and we pull it all exactly using the same technology we use to migrate. We just pull it onto our platform and that's where it lives. And we have a platform that's very simple, a very simple user interface for, for faculty or administrators or whoever the institution deem should have access to this, right? They can control who has access to it. And that problem is solved. We can pull, in certain cases, we've pulled, um, uh, I think back eight years back of, of historical student data. We can go back as far as you want. It doesn't matter to us. We'll pull that onto our platform and that's it, right? You've, you've got access to it live. And, and what's really interesting too, is we can connect our platform into your new LMS. So, which is, is, not always relevant, but in certain cases, right, when you're going and you're pulling all that historical student data, you're pulling the courses, the old courses as well, right? Because that's where it lives, basically. So if you went through your migration too, and you have a faculty member who says, hey, you know what? Um, I would love to go back and, and access that old course I taught three years ago or four years ago, maybe make some tweaks. You can push that right in, done, no problem. So there's there's other advantages to um, to housing it on our platform than, than just you know necessarily having it and having it be dramatically less expensive is that this is something that um you know we, we we've talked about internally we could charge significantly more for this platform than we do but we don't because we can make money at the price that we're at we, we are cloud native um you know we've got our data costs under control and uh, and one thing that our founders have been extremely passionate about and talk about constantly is if we're not serving faculty and students, then what are we even doing? So there's there's no reason for us. We could triple this price and still be under the price of 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 what it would cost to leave your old subscription live. We just choose not to because we've put it at a price point where you know what we can make a a fair margin and uh, and that's that. So it's it's just really if you're an institution that's making that move, it, it's I know it sounds self-serving to say this, but it really is an absolute no-brainer to just put your historical student data onto that platform because you're going to save a fortune, you're going to have access to it anytime you want, and you're going to be able to push it into your new LMS if you want to. Rodney, I don't mind jumping uh, go ahead. Mm -hmm. on top of uh, Stephen's comments there. I I actually, um, I've, <laughs> I've told it to the team, I've said it to the board and investors. Um, everyone knows why we did this, and it is about student and staff. Now I get that could sound contrived. I understand that people will say that, and I hear a lot of ed tech companies say it. A lot of outsiders to the academy that think they see a problem or what they really see is money. Um, we never have and don't because we lived it. We came from the academy. We came from all the positions. We chose the team accordingly. And then we're just you know, lucky enough to find someone like Steve to come in and masterfully weave these partnerships and strategic alliances together on behalf of good, beautiful, win-win business. But Rodney, it's worth noting, um, if it's not good for the students and staff, uh, we're not doing it. And I, our bottom line will take care of itself afterwards. Uh, but the school's budget is more of my concern on behalf of 
why people like you and I chose education, right? There's a lot of things we can do. Uh, my dad, who was a wonderful scholar, scientist, doctor, uh, would often joke before, you want to make money, in it, you know how to make money in education? Get out. So <laughs> we're, we're here for the right reason. And I think it's important. Uh, and again, not being altruistic or or sharing a contrived sentiment with you. Um, this is a noble cause, and it matters. Well, uh, that's terrific. That That's great. You know, uh, getting back to, um, uh, I'm trying to visualize how it would work in the archive situation. You pull this data uh, into your system, and then does it take a, uh, an instructional designer or can a, a given faculty person go in there and, and work with, say, the the interface of their old system, which is Blackboard, and pull out the data that they, that, that they want? So I could do it. It's that easy. It's, it's, <laughs> um, it's, so it's not... These are the, test case. Robbie. If yeah, Steve right. can do it, then we're set. Yeah, it's not the Blackboard or D2L or whatever, Sakai, Moodle. It's not, the, it's not that old interface you're using because it's now on our platform. So, um, so and, and basically, too, if you were going to push... I guess I might be answering two quote one question you didn't answer or ask here, Rodney, but I'll, I'll, I'll get to it. If you were going to pull, when we pull it onto our platform, you've just gone through a migration with us, so you've got all these these um, specific transformations to your content that have been written in that are specific to you, right? Uh, you saying, hey, there was a you know a journal in my old LMS, convert it to a module, and you know every time it says this, make it say that. So if you were then to push a course later into your new LMS, those transformations would, would automatically apply, right, as, as they come in. So if you're if you're a faculty member who wants to go work with an old course, then all you would do is just have it pushed into your new your new LMS and those transformations that were applied, even if it was a year ago, are automatically applied. So it's gonna look like every other course that you have now in your new LMS. If you just wanna go access historical student data, it's sitting on our platform and it's very simple, a couple of clicks, and you're right into the data that you need, whether that was a grade or, or whatever it may be. Um, and that will be, I guess to your point, um, you know, if you were going to PDF that, that would be probably in the, um, it would come across in the, in the old uh, UI of, of, the, uh, of the old uh, LMS. Does that answer the question, Ronnie? Got it. Yes. Sounds like the way to go. Uh, I, I have two, two other um, uh, questions that uh, come to mind. Uh, you know, the, when I first heard about your product, I thought, well, you know, I, I, I spent a lot of time with Blackboard, and, and I, I, I love the product most of the time. <laughs> but uh, it seems to me that, you know, the, the world is moving away from Blackboard uh, to a large extent. What do they get out of the fact that they're cooperating with you to help people move move away from them? Yeah, well, it's a, it's a great question, Rodney. I think I'm... Um, when you think about the evolution of the LMS space in general, it's a really young category. I mean, Blackboard, they invented the space in the late 90s. They, they created the concept of an LMS. And so, it, you know, that gives you a tremendous advantage from a first mover adoption perspective. If you wanted an LMS in 1997, you had one choice. And so they were first to market. and They took a lot of market share and really dominated the space globally for quite some time. And then as other players come along, um, you know, they have the advantage of um, a better technology, um, you know, circling around how they build that 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 LMS. Um, and there's other features that can get added, you know, as the uh, landscape changes, they're building in more real time. So there's a lot of different reasons why 
a certain LMS might have a certain advantage at a certain point in time. But I think Blackboard's response was to build Ultra, right? And, and again, I, just to, <laughs> we can't be more clear on the fact that we are completely agnostic here. We, we, again, we don't want to tell an institution where they should go. We just want to tell them how to get there and help them get there. But, um, but I think this is just our perspective more than anything is Blackboard built um, an upgraded solution uh, or an upgraded LMS really being Blackboard Ultra that, that is designed to compete you know, um, in uh, in 2021, it's got a lot of phenomenal features. The, the challenge for them was when you build a new LMS, you have a hard time getting people uh, migrated onto that LMS. You know, if you were going to leave Blackboard to go to or original to go to Ultra, it's not really leaving, I guess. If you're going to upgrade to Ultra, the challenge was very similar that, as it would be just to move to Canvas or D2L or Open LMS. So the nature, one of the natures, the, the nature of our relationship with Blackboard is really to help their clients move on to ultra specifically and they've they've subsidized that they've they've put um you know their money where their mouth is and they've they've uh they've made an investment and and um we did a really i think well thought out uh strategic partnership to help get those clients that are on original over to ultra on uh, on their timeline to do it really effectively so those clients can go all right simple push of a button I'm over to Ultra, and now I can focus on teaching, creating new content, whatever it may be. So that's really the nature of that relationship. But Blackboard also is very bullish on uh, on their ability to win clients back onto Ultra, right? And so again, we're, our job is to is to uh, to sort of sit in the middle there and um and help people decide or not decide, but help people get where they want to go. Yeah, Steve, if I may, I listening to those comments it reminds me, and, and Rodney, a very astute question, by the way, what we pride ourselves on um and i i don't like pride i think it's a very it's a very humble team even though we are in unprecedented technology uh existence right now at least with this team and and where we are with our architecture but i being fiercely independent is important and managing these relationships is vital because we have strategic alliances that mature companies would care for so we've We've been building this company on on staying under the radar. Uh, we don't want the credit. We don't want to be the hero. We don't need to be. Um, it's about making the school the hero. It's about making the registrar, the instructional designer, the CIO, the CTO, the CAO, um, the program dean, whoever it might be in our pre-meetings and some of the forensic post-meetings. It's about making them the hero. So I love that you asked that question because it is a delicate balance um, because of Steve's beautiful work managing these relationships behind the scenes. We just kind of have to put the duct tape on uh, and not support one system over the other and just simply serve. And it's, a, it's an interesting, delicate balance, but I'm, I'm proud the way the team has done it and stayed professional along those lines. Great, great. Yeah, that that's that's fantastic. Um, one one last uh, thing I'd like you to uh, uh, mention is um, uh, I'm looking at your website and you have a scaffold designer to build better courses. So, how many of your clients would would come to you for that? Maybe they, you know, I'm just trying to imagine what would what would um, uh, make them decide to do that. Maybe they were thinking that eventually they're going to have to migrate. Or, or uh, would do any of your clients start by building courses and then decide and then move it into their legacy system? Uh, what What does your 
your scaffold designer offer that they don't get in their in their native LMS? Sure. Well, I'll, I'll add a little high-level flavor, and Steve can jump in. He manages this solution also. But we, so designing courses. So I I go back twenty years um, working with unbelievable instructional designers to the extent, Rodney, that people were coming to us, coming to our instructional design teams over the years. How are you doing this? What are you doing? How are you making this work? We we were doing things way ahead of the game back in the day. And I, I share that with you, not to not to impress you, but to impress upon you that, so we have migration, you can move an LMS, you have archive, you need to keep your courses, and you have uh, designer, which is a way for anyone to pick up this, this tool, this software solution, build a course. Um, there's thousands of schools out there that can't rely on uh, budget for instructional design teams like others can. And they need a way to create courses. Now, from from my background and from a lot of high-level instructional designers, um, some of the audience may or may not disagree with this. I think most of the top-notch instructional designers or faculty members, subject matter experts will agree. We never built courses in the LMS. Um, There are some limitations, and rightly so. They were built accordingly. Um, They all do a good job. But it's it's not as smooth as it could be. And we all know this. Rodney, you and I know it, building a course in the LMS. So uh, designer is just simply a product, product uh, that is able to link uh, to a given LMS uh, through configurability. And you can build and manage your courses accordingly. Um, just a way to do it easier, faster, make changes on the fly, that kind of thing. So it's really it's really kind of pushing pushing the envelope on on instructional design for your average person, which really helps your average faculty member. Um, anecdotally, my wife, uh, a terminally degreed subject matter expert course builder, um, was at one very prominent university, and she was helping other faculty members create courses. Um, and Rodney, you and I know the frustration of doing that. So it's it's a tool to kind of uh, just bridge that gap. And I'm not sure if Steve has more flavor to add in that. No, it's perfectly said, Thomas. You're right. I think, Rodney, that it's not necessarily tied to a migration. I think that this is a product that, uh, you know, archive and, and um, migration typically um, go together in a glove, right? They're, they're naturally a solution that works. Now, are we are we seeing clients that uh, now that this, this archive solution is available who migrated three years ago going, oh, wow, I could save an absolute fortune on my migration costs. Let me move you know, move my uh, my archive over to that platform. Yeah, but for the most part, it's going to be more common during the point of migration. Designer is just a solution for anybody to create more efficient courses. And I think one piece to really to really harp on too is it's not just for instructional designers, right? It, it, this is something that a faculty member can jump in and create a course in a really simple, elegant manner. Something that you just couldn't do before. You might be a subject matter expert in something. You know, I mean, I, I would consider myself a subject matter expert in a handful of things, but I wouldn't even know where to begin to create the course. But I could teach it, but I don't know where I, I don't know where I'd start to create it. So this kind of uh, one one analogy that we've heard used, um, I think it maybe undermines the the um, I think sophistication of this tool a little bit. But it's kind of like what TurboTax did, you know, um, back in the uh, I don't know twenty years ago, whatever it was when it came out. It was like I've got all my information here. I know I know what I need to do, but I always had to go to a tax prep person to actually put it together. This is a guided journey that can be configured in any way you want to fit the needs of your institution or or you know the pedagogy of of how you want to design the course. So it's um 
Again, I think it puts the power of course creation in the hands of any SME or faculty member on the planet who wants to create great course content and doesn't want to learn how to write write an HTML to do it in an, in an LMS. Interesting. So, do you have any clients that that use this exclusively uh, instead of the you know the built-in capability of an LMS? Or oh yeah, they, yeah, yeah. No, that's what yeah, that's ultimately what it's designed for. Is, wow. Is, okay. Is just that, and we are. So we had, we launched that product, um, you know, a little less than than a year ago. We've had some nice um, some nice traction, and we are getting ready to launch our version two, uh, right? With feedback from um, from clients and and uh, you know working on some some different tweaks and areas that we wanted to see improved. So that's going to come out probably in September, and um, and that's when I think um, you know we'll, we'll have a, a more robust um, campaign to really help you know, share that in the marketplace and help people see, um, see what it can do. Because it really is impactful. The, the schools that have adopted it have been blown away. And again, when you go back to pricing, we are, um, we price this um, at, at a rate that's really easy to say yes. You, you don't have to go all the way to the enterprise level to get a yes out of this. It's a, it's a really reasonable price, uh, but it is a license or a subscription that can be used by anybody on campus. So, you know, um, if you've got a, a thousand faculty members that, that want to use this, they can use it. So it's um, it's really good value. And it, it is a really interesting tool that just really, I think, again, impacts, um, you know, faculty and SMEs and, and folks that just haven't had the ability to do that in an LMS in the past. Great, great. Well, listen, you know, the, I could probably go on and on, but I do have to be respectful of my audience uh, and, and and your time, of course. So. Before we sign off, I just want to thank you again, Thomas and, and Steve, for uh, talking to my audience. Um, I, I think uh, it sounds like a, a great product. Like I said, I, I, I wish uh, I wish I could uh, help promote it uh, here at our institution as as we uh, merge. Uh, any any final words you want to say in terms of um, something new? You want to uh, break any news here about your, your <laughs> upcoming products? Well, I, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. We're both smiling. I'm just going to say, <laughs> I'm just going to say yes, but no. And Rodney, there will be some news to break, big news along the lines of data and migration. But I'm laughing. I'm smiling. I've said too much. Um, and I love that you asked the question because we never know what you're going to ask. So I'll just say thank you. Thank you, your audience. Thanks to the Academy uh, who's out there teaching and learning. But yes and no. How's that? Sounds good. Take care. And uh, I'm sure you're going to have a lot of success in the future. So um, again, thanks. Rodney, thanks for all you do. So that's it for today. I'm sure you'll agree this would be a great tool to migrate your LMS. Stay tuned for the full song, A Passage of Life by Kataro. Until next time, have a great week. Thank mm-hmm. you.
that's it for today's episode. Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to give Rod feedback. You can leave comments on his blog or send email to rod at rodspulsepodcast.com. The preceding audio commentary is the product of the author, Dr. Rodney Murray, and does not represent the official viewpoint of any other institution or company. Podcast.